Hour number three of Stokely and Zach here. Although sometimes I wish my voice sounded like Chad Brown and wish my face looked like Nate Jackson. And maybe I'll take Orlando's wingspan. He's got, he's like Commodore. Uh, Will Peterson from DenverSports.com hanging out with us for the last hour. You know, I was just talking to you uh, before we, we came on the air and, you know, we got news this morning. That Jonas Griffith has ripped his ACL. Mm-hmm. The guy was that was the starting inside linebacker this time last year and who was supposed to add great depth to the room be right behind Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell. It's a violent position. Josie's got injury history. That guy was going to play one way or the other this year. Uh, and Jonas Griffith, he has ripped his ACL. He's done for the year. Riley Moss, who also plays that position, plays a corner. Or, excuse me, excuse me. Riley Moss, who plays corner. Yep. Um, uh, who am I thinking of? Uh, Drew Sanders. Sanders. Yeah, sorry. Um, Riley Moss, who plays corner, uh, who was you know looked like he could be a part of uh, the plans this year. He is down. This comes on the heels of Tim Patrick uh, doing his Achilles before the month of August. Kind of feels like deja vu. It does. This training camp, Zach, is feeling a lot like last year. Between watching Tim Patrick leaving a cart 363 days apart, the injuries are mounting absurdly. Name me another team in the NFL that's already lost two guys for the season in the first week of camp. I can't. Plus, Riley Moss, they're saying four weeks. We all know how those things. He went under. That's going to bleed into mid-September, October. That's a rookie who you could have made a case, hey, he may start. And now you're looking at, is Riley Moss... Maybe having a lost year. And then finally, the offense can't do anything. I feel like I have taken a bad time machine back to this time in 2022. We are reliving camp a year ago. Again, watching Tim Patrick on the golf cart. And it just feels like every day. feels like every day there's a new injury and a new guy to watch. We all watched Jonas Griffith limp off on Tuesday and said, oh, that doesn't look good. Yeah. But I don't think anyone expected 48 no, hours later to wake up no. ACL done for the year. No. And, and it's the timing of it, too. It's like Tim Patrick, 363 days apart. Jonas Griffith got hurt on the first play of the first preseason right. game. We're seven days removed from, from, from almost an exact year. Tomorrow, the Broncos will be one week out from playing their first preseason game at the Arizona Cardinals. On, uh, what is that, August 10th, I think? Uh, the 11th. <clears throat> okay. Yep. Is the 11th? Okay. Yeah, Friday the 11th, 8 o'clock. Okay, so a Friday night preseason game. So tomorrow we're going to wake up uh, and be one week out from the first preseason game. So Tim Patrick, almost exactly to the year. Jonas Griffith, almost exactly to the year. Um, and then we'll see what happens with Riley Moss here uh, over the next, you know, four to six weeks. I'm just sick of going to NFL.com. And they, you know, they have like those eight headlines on the uh, the right hand corner, and every day three or four of them are about the Broncos. Last time I checked, there's 32 teams. You should have a one quarter chance of getting one of those headlines, and the Broncos are getting multiple ones every single day. Whether it's the Peyton Hackett Rogers drama, whether it's the injuries, whether it's Russ struggling. You know what good teams do, Zach? They fly under the radar this time of year. Yeah. Good teams make headlines in December, January, and February. Teams with issues. They make headlines in July and August, and that's been a theme with the Broncos for years and years, and it's continuing this year, especially after we were supposed to have anonymous donors and fly under the radar, and they're not doing any of those things right now. What would you make of practice today? I wasn't out there. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was, I, I it, wish I could have been, it, but oh, that's right. it, that's it was right. media only, and 
you know, it's it's one of those quirky ones where we we just sent a few folks out there today. Oh, only because we 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 can only send a few folks. Like if we we could all go, we we would all go. Um, but they have that they kind of have it capped. Well, I could just kind of fill in the blanks uh, for you, and and I know none of our listeners were out there. Um, it was just kind of blah. I mean, there wasn't any like big correction from yesterday's horrible day. Everyone agrees yesterday was horrible, except for champagne. No big whoop. That's fine. That's what he's supposed to say. Um, there was no big correction. There was no big, you know, touchdown catches. Um, there was some success in seven on seven. You should have success in seven on seven, but give them, give the credit anyway. Um, but uh, there was some other moments that they're just kind of still head scratching. And, you know, Sean Payton is saying, hey, we don't evaluate um, during the installation, which I can appreciate. And I think we should be measured like with our, our commentary or criticism in this case. But at the same time, like, well, I remember, you know, whether it was, I'm in high school or college, like installing, like it's the beginning of the season and you're kind of swimming and you're adding the pre- uh, basketball, you're adding the press and your half court offense and, you know, uh, how to break your practice. So you're kind of swimming. But guess what? When it's still time to like make your layup, like you go and like make your layup. You got to. And we're seeing some of the same disheartening things from Russ from last season that I just don't think you can chalk up to installation. Well, and it's disappointing for you to say that today was blah. Because as, as rough as yesterday was, I went on with you and Stoke and called it the worst practice I've ever seen Russell Wilson have. I was hoping you could come in and say, you know, I know you can't talk specifics because fans weren't out there, but say, hey, Russ threw four touchdown passes and everything looked fine. And Sutton caught a couple and Judy caught a couple and they beat Pat Sertan. They beat Justin Simmons. They beat Kwan Williams. And the first word you say is blah. Yeah, I'm just being real. Yeah. And I'm not blaming you. I'm yeah. just saying that's disappointing because yesterday sort of felt like, the first day where the temperature really rose up. Yesterday was the first day where he was so bad, for lack of a better word, that there was panic amongst fans, Broncos country, and every single media report you read, whether that was from Mike Kliss or Troy Rank or Cecil or Mace or anyone who was out there, was Russell Wilson's got to be better. Yeah. We're not pushing the panic, but no, our, fi- no. our, our fingers, it's starting to hover. It's starting to hover over that button. Because of how concerning yesterday was to watch. Yeah, and and what's interesting about that is training camp is one of the most up for interpretation periods of the season. Yep. Like we would go out there and be Teddy versus Drew, and uh, we might come in and James might say Drew won the day, and someone else says Teddy won the day, and it kind of can kind of be like that when everyone is agreeing how bad it is, and most folks that are out there given the choice to be optimistic or pessimistic would rather be optimistic and everyone to a man is agreeing how bad it is. We're not making it up. We're not making it up. And I wrote the article about how bad it was. And of course I had people saying, you're being a hater, you're being negative. And then this was the most telling to me, Zach. I had about a dozen people chime in and say, oh no, I was on the Hill today at practice. It was that bad. So you had fans who were there sort of defending like, I watched it with my own two eyes, too, yeah. and it was not good. And it's it's tough because it has to get better next week. That's what I heard Chad Brown talking about. He was in with DMAC on the drive yesterday. He goes, next week it has to, has to, has to get better, or then you can push that panic button. Well, tomorrow is going to be a different day in a couple different regards, and we'll take a dive into why that is coming up next. All right, reacting to practice uh, out at training camp, private private practice, media only, no fans uh, on today, Thursday, August 3rd. If you are listening in real time and not after the fact on the Stokely and Zach podcast, available at denversports.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. 
uh, Will Peterson from DenverSports.com uh, filling in for Stokely the last hour here. Uh, I said tomorrow's going to be a little bit different of a practice. Yep. Okay. And for, for first, first before we jump into that, let me just take a, a, a brief moment of celebration because tonight, yes, it's a watered-down form. Yes, you won't see starters. Yes, 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 yes. But we got NFL football back Woo! on our screen. And, yes, I'm going to bet the damn Hall of Fame game. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Uh, and we're going to carry it here on the fans starting at 6 o'clock. I'm with you, dude. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> I know they're not real loved in Broncos country right now, but they're loved tonight. The re- revenge of Zach Wilson, if you're looking for a little action. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Um, tomorrow, yeah. first time we're going to see the two-minute drill. When you st- when you keep going through these thresholds, these layers of camp, you start to it just starts to look a little bit more like it will on Sundays, and it's not going to you know nobody tackling to the ground and all that. We got that, um, but we're going to incorporate two minute drill into practice. They're going to be going live as live as they can, and Sean Payton said they're going to be integrating the kicking competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elliot Fry, Brett Maher, uh, into the two minute drill for. Uh, game-winning field goals, and to ratchet up the pressure uh, in the competition between those two. I think on the kicking competition, real real quick thought on that, when Maher and Fry had their field goal kicking competition on Tuesday, Maher looked like your buddy who goes up with his driver on the golf course and just hits it 320 down the middle every time, and it makes that sound off the tee. Yeah. This dude was kicking field goals from 45 yards, Zach, that were hitting the camera tower at the very top. It's true. They would have been good from 70. And Brett Maher has 60-plus yard field goals in three of his four career years. Yes, he does. The leg has never been the issue. And then Elliot Fry is like your buddy who comes up, and you're t- teeing off from the tips, and to get to the fairways 220, and he hits one, and you're like, huh, I hope it gets I hope it gets you to the front. It was pretty straight, but it just sort of had that little flutter to it. And, it, and Sean Payton was watching very intensely. And I, I honestly, I, and this is not anything against Elliot Fry. I honestly wonder why he's still on the roster because, Zach, it was so apparent which dude has three 60-plus-yard field goals in his career and which dude has been on 12 teams in two years. Just the power behind the leg was striking to me. So I'll be curious to watch that in two-minute drills tomorrow because that's where the pressure does ramp up. That's where Brett Maher crumbled in the playoffs a season ago. You know how many career kicks, you probably do know this, how many career kicks Elliott Fry has uh uh, you know, field goals, field goals, career in his career. How many he's attempted in the NFL? In the NFL, yeah. Is it zero? Six, six, six. So six more than zero. Brett Mahar has kicked uh, 116 field goals in his professional career and has made 94 of them. All right. So uh, we've seen him struggle. We've seen his low moment. We know it. We know it, it was in the playoffs. It was awful. And you're never going to do anything in camp or even the regular season that can totally erase that memory. But, but we did a segment in the last uh, couple weeks here and I stand by it. I think there's someone we should be like firmly rooting for. And that's Brett Mahar. You're betting on a career, not a lottery ticket. Could Elliot Fry be the next 10 year kicker for the Broncos that lives within the realm of possibility. But the only thing that is stopping Mahar from being locked in with a team is that really, really low moment in the playoffs. He should be judged for that. But I don't think any of us want to be have sweeping judgments based on our lowest moment. 
This guy has had a career, and Elliot Fry is not. And we should be betting on the guy that has had the career. If he didn't have that night in Tampa Bay, Tom Brady's last ever NFL game, at least we think, he'd still be the kicker of the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, he would. He would have been too good of kicker to become available. Yes. And the Cowboys were just so done with it. Because remember, he went to San Francisco the next week and missed two more he did. points. He did. He did. And, and apologize. Uh, I've been saying uh, Mahar. On accident, it's, it's, it's Maher. Maher. I know. No, but, but I believe our buddy Mike Cliss says Mahar. So I almost asked you. I said, wait, am I saying it no, wrong? It's, Maher. Spelled, it's spelled like Mahar would be spelled, and I'm sure someone else just says it differently. They say Maher, whatever. I think it's Maher. Um, I didn't want to call you out. Yeah, it's it's Maher. I know Stokely would have been, you know, up in your grill because you said Mahar about four times. Yeah, I apologize. Um, I think Brett Maher is going to win this competition. I think Sean Payton wants Brett Maher to win this competition. The last time Sean Payton was coaching in the NFL was the 2021 season, and Maher was his kicker for half of that season and did pretty stinking good for Sean Payton. Did pretty stinking good. Um, missed one kick that season under 50 yards. So, wow. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's had a career. He's had a career. Let me ask you something. That two-minute drill tomorrow, what else are you watching for? What can we glean in that that's not kicking-related is that a is that hopefully going to be where Russ looks like himself? Because there's less thinking. He can just go, 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 go. Maybe that's the breakout day for Russell Wilson is the two-minute trail. Maybe so. That'd be great. I like the thought there. Yeah. I mean, dude, I'm looking for anything. Like, if if, if Russell Wilson has a uh, B-minus day, it, it might be framed like an A-minus day because of, you know, what we've been seeing. Like, I shared this with Stokely. Like, I'm watching SportsCenter this morning. And they go to Green Bay and check in with the Packers' longtime, you know, reporter there. And he, they're like, how has Jordan Love been doing? And he's like, well, he's had, he's had some days that were down. He's had some days that was eh. But he's also had a day where he, like, owned practice. And he, and they're showing a 67-yard touchdown down the right sideline to wow. Christian Watson. And, and I'm going like this, like, wait a second. That's Jordan Love. He's never started in this league. He's the guy that is like, it's this is his one opportunity to shine or he could be out in Green Bay. Um, I think they picked, I added another year to his contract so he'll probably be back anyway, but that's not really the point. Yeah. Like, we're talking about a guy in Ross who has real pelts on the wall. A guy that I think, coming in the last season, had as good of a Hall of Fame chance as the best five or six guys in that category in the league and I just can't believe that we're more than a week into practice here and we don't have a play like Jordan Love has had in Green Bay. That's weird to me, man. I mean, the one play I can think of is the one where he hit Sutton down the left sideline while Sertan was blanketing him for like 35 yards. That was a great pass. It was a great it pass. In the bucket. But you know what that does for you, Zach, in a real game? That gets, gets you in first field, down. That gets and you in yeah, first down yeah, and gets yeah. you in a field goal range. Yeah. Then put seven on the board. Like, it, it was that was sort of the most concerning thing about yesterday is they practiced for more than two hours. Yeah. And he didn't throw a touchdown pass in a team drill. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? This is, this is against your own defense. You get rep after rep. You throw a pick. Guess what? You still get the football back. You get another chance. Yeah. It's not how it works in a real game, and they didn't score. That's why they were the worst offense in NFL history a year ago, and it's only been a week. But so far, we started it a half hour ago. Deja vu. Deja vu. Yeah, and, and you, you want to know, it just to add another layer to that, if, if you want to just blame it on the installation, Okay, and there's something to be said for it, right? It's it's new. It's new. 
when Ben DiNucci and Jared Stidham go out there, they they look they seem to be doing okay with it. Dude, Stidham goes out and does the red zone drill after Russ goes incomplete, incomplete interception. And Stidham goes out and throws a touchdown pass to Jalen Virgil. And then DiNucci goes out and throws a touchdown pass to Taylor Grimes. So guess what? The two, he didn't have a hard time getting a touchdown in a drill. You're supposed to get touchdowns. The three, he didn't have a hard time getting a touchdown in a drill. You're supposed to get touchdowns. But for Russ, it was... Forcing it to Sutton, Simmons breaks it up. It was Judy's wide open in the corner, hits the very tippy-toppy of his fingertips, a regular eight-yard pass as a touchdown, and then on third and goal, Zach, threw it into triple coverage. Kwan Williams comes up with it, and I, I looked around, and I go, I don't even know who that football was to, but it went to the guy in the other color jersey. Yeah. All right, well, you look, it, it, it's got to get better. It's got to get better. It's still early. We've been prefacing all these um, uh, comments with there's, there's still time. Like, it... it it's it's early in the game here, but we are um, you know, and do have an obligation to react to what we have been seeing, and it's now more than one, two, three, four, five, six practices now. Um, okay, there is a guy out there that, considering the buzz coming into camp, has been rather anonymous. That's next. It's Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. To it. We're reacting to Thursday's training camp practice. And by the way, our analysis of training camp 2023 is presented by ROX, Rocks Heating and Air. Will Peterson from DenverSports.com is with us. Uh, we are sort of, you know, parsing through this first week of, of camp. The defense has been not just ahead of the offense. It feels like just light years ahead. Um, so take this with a grain of salt because the guy that I'm about to bring up can only control what he can control. But considering the buzz and expectations that was created for one guy on this Broncos offense and then what we have seen or rather haven't seen through the first week plus of training camp, it's kind of glaring the contrast of those two things. Can I guess? Of course. Sorry, I feel like Stoke. No. I think I know who you're talking about. Go ahead. Well, I have two guesses. No, you get one guess. <sighs> See, this is like the SATs. Go with your first gut. Don't, don't, don't transition. So my first gut is you're talking about Jerry Judy. Where is Jerry Judy? Yeah. I mean, we go entire practices without Jerry Judy being involved at all. I mean, at all. And I, I'm trying to imagine, you know, like we're hoping that Jerry Judy takes this incredible step. Um, and and syncs up the hype coming out of that draft with the actual production on the football field. But I have to imagine that if you went to Minnesota, Justin Jefferson would stick out. If you went to Miami, Tyreek Hill would find a way to make an impact in practice. Devontae Adams with the Raiders. A.J. Brown in Philly. Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. CeeDee Lamb down there in Dallas. Jay, I mean, the list goes on and on, and we're expecting to take this step. He has been rather anonymous so far. And I, I think that's why the Tim Patrick injury hurts even more because this this room that for felt like five years, and it wasn't five, but it was like three years, of Judy Sutton, Patrick Hamler that we never got to see. Well, two of those four are gone, and now the room is Judy Sutton, Brandon Johnson, Marvin Mims. That room has gotten worse. 
Now, maybe Mims eventually gets better than Hamler, but on paper, Brandon Johnson's not in the same stratosphere, at least in my eyes, quite yet, as Tim Patrick. No. So we've gone from, all right, Judy Sutton, Patrick, Hamler. Okay, Judy can be, you know, sort of the second best receiver. He'll he'll be two. Oh, Judy's got to be a star. And you just mentioned those names. You go to any camp in the country with those seven names you just rattled off, and they are making plays every day that are dazzling the crowd, and people are going nuts. And with Jerry Judy... He has not. Corlin Sutton's made more plays. Yeah, he has. Thus far in camp. He has. He has. And so for us to say last year, oh, well, Judy had three touchdowns against the Chiefs. He's a budding superstar. And I fell into the trap, too, through a week of camp to even put him in the same conversation as Justin Jefferson or Stephon Diggs or CeeDee Lamb or Devontae Adams feels laughable. It feels laughable. Yeah, he has got to um, get on the same page with Russell Wilson. And it felt like early in camp a year ago. Russell was developing a chemistry with Tim Patrick. I remember two years ago when Teddy Bridgewater in camp, and I don't uh, remember how much you're out there, but it looked like Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Jerry Judy were really building a chemistry. I think that was part of the reason Teddy won the job. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. Um, And now I'm like, okay, who is Russell building that chemistry with? And you would have to pick Sutton if you're trying to isolate someone. No, you know who he's developing him with? Justin Simmons. Oh, jeez. Oh no, no! Uh, that was that was low. That was a low blow, <laughs> but fair. Somehow he's, fair. He's completing passes to him every single day. Oh my gosh, it was three picks in a row. Um, look, this coming week. First of all, tomorrow. Tomorrow, let's go. In, we're obviously going to go in with an open mind, and we just got to see something. Uh, and 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 Stokely has done a good job um, of like, hey, we went in with moderate expectations because it's another new offense. This is the third new offense in the last three years for Russ. But that said, we got to see more. And I think tomorrow, if we, if we, because now we're, we're like today is we're, we're over a week. This is not a week. We're a week from the day the fans started being let in. Um, we're over a week in the camp. We are. Tomorrow adds a new layer of two minute drill. Now you got the refs out there and, it just things are things are becoming just a little bit more developed. And tomorrow, if, if we go through tomorrow and we're saying the same stuff as yesterday, same stuff as today, um, it's only going to get you kind of did the analogy of like where how close is your finger to the panic button. And I, I don't think we're there yet. But gosh, I don't have my finger over it, but I, I know where the button is in the room. I'm like, it's like the fire stinger. So, okay, okay like. You're getting the lay of the land. Okay, where's the fire stinger? Just in case there's a fire. Can I give you a little pushback about the moderate expectations thing? Sure. I think it's fair to have moderate expectations for Vic Fangio and Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. You're talking about two Super Bowl winners and two Hall of Famers. At least potential Hall of Famer. Well, okay, Sean, okay, Sean okay, Payne's okay. a Hall of Famer. Sean, Sean Payne's a, a surefire Hall of Famer. He's someday. not a surefire Hall of Famer. Oh, I think he is. Dude, Mike Shanahan's not in the Hall of Fame yet. He's been retired That's for years. a weird personal grudge thing against I, I don't know what's going on there. But every other coach with a resume like Sean Payton and Mike Shanahan's is in the Hall of Fame. Do you think people have some grudges against Sean Payton potentially for some stuff? These are human beings that vote on it. I mean, he's not a surefire Hall of Famer yet. If he wins here in Denver and like has a decent little run, not even winning a Super Bowl, I think he's going to get there. But I think both Russ and Sean, this time last year, I was arguing with Dante Gomez, who works here behind the scenes, and, and I'm like, this guy's a Hall of Famer. talking about Russ. Like, this guy's a Hall of Famer. Nine Pro Bowls? Super Bowl win, another Super Bowl appearance. Yeah. Uh, only Peyton Manning had thrown more touchdown passes in his first 10 years in the league. Uh, no one won more games in their first 10 years in the league. And 
somehow this guy, I mean, maybe that's a better conversation for tomorrow, but there, it's 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 fluid. You're making all valid points, and, and I maybe should have phrased it a little less strongly because we're getting a little sidetracked from yeah, what yes, I want to yes, say. Yes, 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 go. I don't have moderate expectations oh, for perennial pro bowlers and potential Hall of Famers. I can have moderate expectations for Drew Locke and a first-time head coach in Vic Fangio. Last time I checked, Sean Payton's done this for almost two days. Two, two days. Two decades. Last time I checked, Russell Wilson made nine Pro Bowls in ten years. Why are we doing these kid gloves? Oh, moderate expectations. We had moderate expectations for Vance Joseph, for Vic Fangio, for Nathaniel Hackett. None of the three of them have the resume Sean Payton has. We had moderate expectations for Case Keesum. I know it's Case Keenum. Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, Joe Flacco, even though he's won a Super Bowl. Okay, I'm cool with all that. Zach, let's forget the moderate expectations. It's Russell freaking Wilson and Sean Payton, dudes who have done it in this league at a very high level for a long time. Why all of a sudden are we treating them like they're a rookie and a first-year head coach? You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And you're making a lot of good points. I think the 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 lens we were viewing the moderate expectations is was for this period of time, like this early in camp, um, understanding that this is going to be a new offense for everyone and football's hard. That said... You're bringing up valid points of, look, this is the National Football League. And you know who would feel that way? Greg Penner. Think about the two checks he's written, those two guys. Yeah. Think about the checks, Greg. Greg Penner's not paying them to come in with moderate expectations. Oh, uh, well. Greg Penner's coming in to win. Yeah. Well, you're you're making fair points. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you too much pushback. Like we see it a little bit differently. I think we're just showing a little bit more grace. And but this is the point. We we did we our expectations were just different from yours. They were a little bit more moderate. We sh- we're going to show a little bit more grace, and it's still not even close to good enough. So from where you're sitting, you might be disgusted. From everywhere we're sitting, we're like, this is concerning. You're starting to get a little frustrated. Yeah, yeah, because the days are stacking up here. It's yeah. get, you know, um, it's it's early, but it's not as early it was yesterday or as early it was the day before. So, okay, um, fair or foul. Russell Wilson launching a new football docuseries as the executive producer within the same 10-day stretch as the start of a must-win season. That's coming up next. Case Keesum. Keenum, I'm sorry. Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. Final segment here, walking you right up to the drive. Will Peterson from DenverSports.com been hitting the last hour for Brandon Stokely. Will, I'm going to dive into a different type of topic here. And I know you wrote about this at DenverSports.com. The push notification that I have turned on from our, our website is how I initially saw it. Um, if you want to read, read Will's piece, I encourage you to uh, do what I did. Go to DenverSports.com. It, I, I, here's what I want to do, just a little bit different of a setup. I'm going to lay out my thoughts here. Okay. Okay. And and I, 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 I know you wrote about it, but I feel pretty uh, strongly about it. And I want to know how far apart or close together we are on this. One, before before I, I share my opinion here, um, I, I, I want to make sure I say as a preface, um, I don't think whatever we're whatever topic we're about to broach is going to have a direct impact on the 2023 season. But I know people will hear what they want to hear. <coughs> say, hey, Zach's you know, you know, misrepresenting something. I'm going to point out something that I think is fair. Okay. Russell Wilson, his Twitter account, 
during Broncos practice, drops that um, he is releasing um, a Amazon television show the first week in September, uh, first game of the season against the Raiders is September 10th. The docuseries drops September 1st. They follow a high school football team in Louisiana who has had an incredible amount of success, but is coming off their worst season. So it's like a redemption story, okay? Uh, Stokely knew uh, the high school. Do you remember the name? Is it uh, Evangel? Evangel Christian Academy. Okay. 14 state championships in 20 years. I saw your expert in, excerpt in your piece. Uh, but, again, coming off a, a, a terrible season. Russ is the executive producer for this show that is dropping on Amazon. The kicker is the season already happened. It's covering the 2022 season for this team. And Russ being the executive producer of it, um, this is what took a portion of his time during the 2022 season for the Broncos, which has happens at the same time as high school football season. And Russ is the executive producer. I think it's a reasonable assumption that a portion of Russ's time, was it 1%, 7%, I don't know, was spent on this important Amazon series to him. This is the, the first of its kind with him involved. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it, even if it's from a purely perception standpoint. When Case Keenum in 2018 was taken over as a franchise quarterback in Denver and he's the plan and you've never been the plan and you drop a book the same week as the season starting, even as bullish as I was on Case, I had to be critical and follow my gut saying, this isn't good. Like your your soul, your main job is to be the Denver Broncos quarterback. And I think when you incorporate other projects during the season that are very personal to you, like launching a store in Park Meadows, like being an executive producer for an Amazon series, I think it's reasonable to assume, even with the great work ethic that he has with the Broncos, that your focus would be a little bit divided. And again, even if it's from a perception standpoint, I don't like it considering how disastrous that season went a year ago and then to turn around and be promoting it in the and in, in, in launching it in year number two with the Broncos. Is he doing it with a second high school football team? I think it was a fair question from Stokely. Is there like a season two that's happening this year? Also, the lack of awareness putting it out there during the Broncos practice. You couldn't find 22 other hours in the day to promote this. I know it's not him running his own account. He didn't do it from the bench during a timeout. I understand it. But it put it all together. It just, considering how disastrous this has been, considering that this Broncos franchise is paying him $50 million for the season, is this what we really should be focusing on right now? I don't like it. Well, and here's the thing. You, you made a lot of great points there. But guess who just released a smash hit as an executive producer of a football show? Peyton Manning. Quarterback on Netflix. Yes. Last time I checked, Peyton Manning hasn't played in the NFL in seven years, and he's dedicating his time to his media company, Omaha Productions, so he can fully dive into it and focus on it. When I see this trailer today, in 12 seconds in, it says the executive producer is Russell Wilson. I'm like, Russell Wilson's still got a full-time job. Why, why does he need to dive into the entertainment world while he just signed for a quarter billion dollars in Denver? If I'm Greg Penner and I see this, I go, wait, I'm paying you for your main job, but you had to go to Amazon and get a side hustle to produce this? That's where it really caught me off guard. You make a lot of good points about, hey, how much was this last season checking in on this, seeing how this team was doing? I don't know if they won the state title or not. I guess if you watch the show, you can find out, or you could just Google it. But my point is, with Russ, it is just the... 
the perception of 2022 was so tough to take for Broncos country. Yes. It was so hard. Yes. It was the hardest season of my fandom of that team, Zach, because of my expectations and how let down I was. Oh, by the way, here's what Russ was doing during 2022. He was focused on a, a, a school in Shreveport, Louisiana, pursuing their 15th uh, state championship in 21 years. It rubs me the wrong way, for sure. And, and then you make the point that the tweet comes out at 11.01 today. You know what you're supposed to be doing at 11.01? Finally hitting Jerry Judy for that touchdown pass you missed him on yesterday. And I know what you're saying. From a very literal sense, he didn't hit tweet. He didn't hit the button. He wasn't the one who put it on his social. But it's like coming off your worst practice of training camp, the next day when you're back trying to fix that, we all got to get your Amazon show trailer to, to watch. It just This is the stuff that drives me crazy. It, Will, I did not wake up this morning wanting to friggin' crush Russell Wilson. For, I swear to God, if you are listening to me, I don't... I don't know Russell. I, from what I know, like mostly like a good guy, like a person, like human being. Like, but this is the stuff that drove me and fans crazy a year ago. When you are the worst offense in football, when you were the leader of the hype train, and then in in this worst season of all time, you're launching the store down at Park Meadows. You're an executive producer for the a documentary on Amazon. You are launching your new line of clothing, not just the, the, the store, but the threes. I mean, on a four-game losing streak, you're promoting, hey, get your three three hats. Here's your promo code. Like, you put all this stuff together, and it just drives me nuts. And I'm a little bit disappointed that with all the intensity and intense focus around the season, because last season, you know, you, you said this is that was the most disappointing season in my fandom. I think if you are a 60-year-old Bronco fan, you had never been through an NFL stretch like you had this right. past seven years. And you thought last year after landing one of the biggest trades in NFL history and signing him to the third biggest contract in league history that you were coming out of it. And to have Russell Wilson win four games for the Broncos, we give him that fifth win. No, he, was, he won four games for the Broncos. It got, it got worse. Like today's the anniversary, two years ago, of Pat Shermer saying um, – we were actually trying to throw incompletions. Oh, it got worse after that. Yeah. It got yeah. worse. And no no Broncos fan with a straight face would tell you they thought Pat Shermer was going to win anything here. But we all bought in that Russell Wilson was yeah. going to win here. Yeah. That's the thing is, in hindsight, did anyone expect Case Keenum to win? No. Right? They, they, they expect him to be competitive. Maybe people were legitimately thinking Super Bowl, Zach. And I want to make it clear, there are worse losses, obviously. The 96 Jaguars lost, the 2012 Ravens lost, a lot of those first few Super Bowl losses, the Seahawks Super Bowl losses. But for an entire season, most let down I've ever felt. But guess what? He was producing a documentary the whole time, so glad that happened. You know, um, God, if he just goes and plays football, all this stuff is going to go away. But there's more of it. There's somehow even more. There's there's more layers to this stuff. (sighs) Let's go have a good practice tomorrow. And, and, dude, dude, I, I, I swear to you. Like, and I, I made this point earlier, like, when everyone was agreeing how bad it is. Like, I wake up, I'm looking for good stuff out there. I am, too. And, 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 and you know, if we isolate it to the defense, we can talk about it. But the defense wasn't the problem a year ago. No. The worst scoring offense in the history of the Broncos was. And we're thinking it's going to get better um, with a quarter-billion-dollar quarterback, and, it, and it's not. So we'll, we'll go into tomorrow with an open mind and hopefully get to come and really – um, sing some praises and, and and look at a correction in practice. Well, and Vance Joseph can say we had a good week of practice because guess what? Vance Joseph's defense has had a good week of practice. I like it. Our, our analysis of Training Camp 2023 is presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air. Will, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. All right, the drive is coming up next.